we have people saying, literally, I have schizophrenia and this is the only way I keep my life on track. I have ADHD. Mm. I've never been able to like focus before and I put everything in productive and that helps me keep things on track. And it's really rewarding to read those. And it's a sort of inspiration for us to keep building better products. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. If you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1,600 episodes at the beginning of this year. We're doing something a little bit different where we are repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories, topics, or as I like to call them, business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners, and what I like to call the CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focused on technology. We're a technology company that does dot, dot, dot. Technology is no longer an afterthought or something that you might do. It is actually a core part of your business. If you are a real estate investor, you're using it. If you're a financial firm, if you're a cleaning company, author, speaker, you are using technology. If you are in any business, you are using technology. And if you're not, then you're probably going to be disrupted by an organization that is. So this month, we are going to look into repurposing episodes that are around technology whether that be firms or organizations that are actually using and investing in technology as a core part of their products and services, or potentially those individuals that are using and leveraging CEO hacks and CEO nuggets that center around technology and sharing ways that we can leverage it as well. Remember that you are a technology company that does dot, dot, dot. Sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Zach Roseman of Mosaic Group and IAC Company. Zach, super excited to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on, Gretchen. Yes, definitely super excited about all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we jumped into that, I want to read a little bit more about Zach so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Zach is CEO of Mosaic Group, IAC's global mobile app studio, which builds and operates hit products like RoboKiller, iTranslate, Blossom, Typewrite, and more. Prior to becoming CEO, Zach led Mosaic Group's acquisition efforts, which included the acquisitions of iTranslate, Teltech, and Productive, while also serving as general manager of Apollon, where he drove the company's shift to subscriptions and a deeper and more focused investment in its product portfolio. Zach joined the group from the IAC's M&A team, where he worked on numerous acquisitions, investments, and sales during his tenure, and he started his career working in investment banking as an analyst for RBC's Capital Markets and and also served in the Israel Defense Forces. He received a BA in economics from the University of Pennsylvania and currently resides in New York City. Zach, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Let's make it happen then. So to kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Sure. So I started my career, I left. I graduated college and I was doing an economics degree and a lot of my friends were going into finance and I had an offer to go into finance, but I really wanted to do something that was important to me personally. So I went and served in the Israel Defense Forces, did that for a little bit less than a year and a half, had a great experience. And then I got back and I said, I need to start working. was lucky enough to join RBC Investment Banking, their capital markets group, doing media and entertainment banking. And then after about a year of that, I was convinced that I wanted to be a VC. 
So I started looking, okay, I've got the financial hard skills and now I really want to go and invest in companies. And I did some interviews with some VCs and then randomly, funny enough, on LinkedIn, I saw an ad for this company called IEC, which stands for Interactive Corp. Had no idea what it was, looked at it a little bit, said that seems interesting. And one thing led to another. I ended up joining IEC on their mergers and acquisitions team. So looking for new companies for IEC to acquire. Just as a quick aside, IEC is a prolific consumer internet investor started by Barry Diller in the early 90s. They've, IEC has bought and then spun off or sold companies like Ticketmaster, TripAdvisor, LendingTree, Match Group, Tinder, a whole bunch of others. So it's a pretty big investor in the consumer internet space. So I joined, worked on acquisitions for about four years, saw a ton of companies and everything from million dollar acquisitions or half a million dollar acquisitions to multi-billion dollar acquisitions. If you're familiar with the M&A world, most acquisitions don't work out. Um, some do, but you learn a lot either way. And then I got to a point four years in where I said, you know what, I really want to, I thought I wanted to be a VC and investing in companies, but I had worked with so many of the IEC subsidiary company CEOs on potential deals that they wanted to do that I said, maybe I should put my hand at actually being in the operations of a business. So one company, Elon, was an IEC subsidiary and the CEO called me and said, hey, come work for me. It was fortuitous timing. So I went down to work for him with the understanding that um, I would focus most of my efforts on acquisitions and a little bit on operations. And then five days into my stint, the general manager of the business quit. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I became the CEO. I became his right-hand guy. We instituted a huge change in the business where we went from being a one-time paid purchase and advertising support revenue-supported business to a subscription revenue-supported business. And I drove that change and it was wrenching for the company, but ultimately very successful. And then I worked my way up. I became VP of operations and then general manager of Apollon. And then ultimately my CEO... When IEC bought Care.com, he became the CEO of Care.com, and I assumed the CEO role of Mosaic. That's in a nutshell. Hopefully that helps. Nice. I wanted to drill down a little bit more, hear a little bit more about Mosaic Groups and IEC Company. And can you take us through like how you're serving your clients and some of the different ways that you're making an impact there? Yeah, sure. So uh, Mosaic Group is one of the world's largest mobile app studios. And so what we do is we build, buy, and operate mobile apps. And so they range from the number one spam blocking, spam call blocking app in the U.S. called RoboKiller, where we, you sign up, we take care of everything. We block all spam calls, or sorry, 99% of spam calls. We've tested that. Our lawyers say we can stand behind that claim. And we get rid of that spam scourge, which for some people is just annoying, right? I don't want to have 10 calls a day that I don't know. But for other people, it's a source of really like scams, right? They get scammed out of hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, especially these scammers like to prey on the elderly or people who are less informed. And so we were proud of, of the product we built there. So that's one of them. We have the second largest translation app on the app store called iTranslate. So Google Translate number one, at least in the Western world, but we've built this really fantastic translation product where we've built our own machine learning engine that we have our, we do our own translations, which is very rare in this world. Most people use a feed from Google or Microsoft if they're doing mm -hmm. a translation product. And then on the top of that, we built our next product, which is the world's first machine learning only grammar corrector and writing assistant. So if you're familiar with Grammarly, we built this product called TypeWrite, where it's really only AI machine learning based. And I'm probably tipping off a little more than I should now, but we're going to be the first to do grammar correction, predictive typing in non-English languages, in multiple non-English languages. So we're starting with German. It's been a week or two we're rolling that out. And then there's a host of other languages, which I won't spoil, but we're going to roll them out in the first half of next year. So we're really excited about that product. And then we have a whole, a whole portfolio of products. We have an app called Blossom, which is a gardening product. So if you're if you have plants around the house like many people do, it's one of I think the third most popular hobby in the US. We'll help where to place them in terms of sunlight or shade. 
uh, when to water them every two days, every week, what's right for the climate zone that you're in, what plants you should buy and you shouldn't buy, what diseases your plants might have if they're not growing and they look a little sickly. So all that kind of stuff. Nice. We have people saying, literally, I have schizophrenia and this is the only way I keep my life on track. I have ADHD. Mm. I've never been able to like focus before and I put everything in productive and that helps me keep things on track. And it's really rewarding to read those. And it's a sort of inspiration for us to keep building better products. Yeah, absolutely. And it it might lead to what I was actually going to drill down a little bit more about and ask you for what I like to call your secret sauce. And that could be for yourself individually, the business combination of both. But do you feel like it's that mission of being able to create amazing products that provide that value as you speak? Do you think that's your other sauce? Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think there's a lot of the app store has, uh, there's been a proliferation of apps in the last few years. There's, I think, over four or five million apps in the app stores today. So there's a lot of, for lack of a better word, flotsam, trash, garbage, <laughs> filler, <laughs> um, and yeah, stuff that people don't, they're just in it to get up, make a few bucks. I think, so either our secret sauce is two things. One is that we're really intensely focused on the customer, what's going to make the customer experience better, how are we going to create a longer term relationship with them. And the second thing is our secret sauce is we're very good at finding customers. And so we've built this enormous platform, the technology and marketing platform, where we're able to find customers who who would love our products, but don't yet know about them. So we find them on Facebook, on Google, on Snapchat, on Pinterest, on Twitter, all over. And we do that a lot better than a lot of other people. So what that allows us to do is once we get to scale, we can then invest even more in our teams to make the products even better. And because we have this platform that underlies all of our apps, then we have this sort of, we don't have to build everything from scratch every time we build a new app, right? We say to the product teams, product and technology teams, go build a great product. And then the other teams will worry about how to get that to consumers and in front of the right audiences. And so the product teams can really focus on building the best product. And then we can split the investment that we make in this platform team across all of the different products, which sort of defray the cost of it. Nice. I absolutely love that. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? I'll say two things. One, I'm really dedicated to having time in my life and I'm ensuring my teams have their personal time. So after about 7.30 at night, I really try not to respond to emails or slacks or anything. One reason is when people get an email or slack from the CFO late at night, CEO, sorry, late at night, they feel the need to respond. And I tried to counter that by every time I would write one, I would say not for today or for tomorrow at the top, but that only did so much. So I really try not to disturb people's time unless it's something super critical and urgent, which thankfully doesn't happen that much. And then the second thing is, is on the same boat, I'm Jewish and I'm religiously observant. So I observe the Sabbath. So Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown, uh, I'm totally offline. No computer, no phone. I'm not going out to restaurants. I'm not going to the movies. It's really time for me and my wife and us and our friends to get together and enjoy each other's company. And I think it's really important to have time to shut off. Whether you're religiously observant or not, you can create the sort of, I think, the term like digital Sabbath is now in the cultural zeitgeist. So people are recognizing even about the religious aspect of it, you know, taking time off from being always on is really critically important. So I think that's really helped me. I love both of those hacks. And so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Yeah, I would say, let me say two or three things here, depending on time. But one is when you're making a decision about your next career move, where you want to go next, especially if you're past your first job, maybe you're in your first job, you've got a couple of years experience, maybe you've done two or three jobs and you're thinking, well, I really want to figure out how to, where to go next. My advice to everyone I meet is find yourself a champion, right? Who with the company that you're interviewing at that you like is going to be the person that's going to take you under their wings and mentor you, grow you, be responsible for your growth within the company and also outside the company, right? Find someone who's going to make it their business 
to make sure that you grow. I had that with my former CEO and even uh, my boss on the M&A team at IC, and I try to do that with others, right? And I think that's really critically important. Some people, often people are faced with a question, do I go for the brand name or do I go for like the smaller company, but uh, I'm really meshed with the person I interviewed with and they seem like a great leader. And to some degree, it depends where you are in your career, but going with the brand name, some, oftentimes just for the brand doesn't get you what you want and you end up a little bit disappointed. I think early in your career, the brand can be really helpful, but later, I think it depends. So that's one. The second thing is don't be afraid to just like, well, that sounds bad, but like cold call or cold email people or cold reach out to people. I did a summer internship in BC once and their part of the job was doing like 20 calls a week to find companies, call them up and see if they'll talk to you to see if they're good candidates for investment. And they just threw us into the fire. They're like, here are like a few precepts. Here's ways to talk to these entrepreneurs. Um, but here's like 10 of them and go. And I learned that people are surprised. If you frame your message, especially in an email, like very succinctly, and here's what I'm, here's what I'm looking for. Here's a little about me. Here's why I want to talk to you. People will respond. Even if the response is no, that's like at least a response. And so I would say whether you're looking for a job or you're looking to do a sale or something like that, don't be afraid to cold email people. But I would caution, don't use like form emails if you can avoid it, right? If you can personalize it a little bit, keep it short and sweet. It goes a long way. Awesome. 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 So I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Zach, what does being a CEO mean to you? That's a great question. It's a hard question. <laughs> What does CEO? What does being a CEO mean to me? It means responsibility, right? I have 500 people that report up to me through one way or another, and they're putting their trust in me that the strategy I'm pursuing is the right one for the company, and then by extension for them because they they want to grow in their careers, they want to earn a good living, they want to do exciting things. So I think that's a huge sense of responsibility to them. So that's one thing. I think another thing is the ability to make an impact on our customers' lives, a positive impact, hopefully, right? which is I'm here because I believe in the product we build and I believe that it can really have a positive impact on people's lives. And I think it's not about the money necessarily, although that's certainly a component. It's not just about the money. It's not just about the any media attention or anything like that. It's really about, do I want to be part of building something meaningful and having that positive impact? Nice. Well, awesome. Well, Zach, truly appreciate that definition. And I, of course, appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do now was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get hold of you and find about all those that you're in chamber working on. If anyone wants to reach out to me and get in touch, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Zachary Roseman, the work at Mosaic Group, or they can email me at zach at mosaic.co. I'm always up for a conversation. And uh, yeah, hopefully your listeners enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. And what we'll do is we'll have the links and information that's shown as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you. But I truly appreciate you for, of course, creating value in so many different ways within the organization and the company, but also reminding us of how important that is, not just do something for the sake of doing it, but seeing how we can make an impact, how we can make a change and how we can make that impact. So thank you so much for reminding us of that as well. And I hope you have a phenomenal. Thanks, Gresham. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the IMCEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.